Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. We want to thank every person that is tuning in today. We are always so glad to have you with us, and we hope you have something lovely to sip on. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the podcast called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations that week, our thorn, and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had, our rose. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? Well, thankfully, I have not had a particularly thorny week, but it has been difficult for me to watch my husband deal with like his mm. own thorns. So stress, particularly stress at work. Um, it's never easy watching someone that you love wrestle with things that you just can't really help with, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> feeling helpless. <laughs> and I am such a fixer. Um, it can be an extra challenge for me to just sit and be a good listener, be a loving presence. Um, I definitely try to do that and I recognize the necessity, but I feel like I only have so much juice in that tank. Then I tend to then like take on the emotions Mm. of others and like start to feel angry and defeated. Like once that kind of empathy has like been, been used up. So I feel like I I need to grow (laughs) in that area. Um, Once the empathy has been used. (laughs) Like I need, I need a bigger empathy tank. (laughs) <laughs> um, but my, my rose had to do with, um, how we decided to deal with some of these difficulties. So mm. we decided on a spontaneous, um, midweek date night. And oh. I'm sure that all of us enjoy, um, this kind of a thing, like, you know, connecting over good food and, and this just being out of the house. I think it helps with everyday issues like this to help those things kind of fall away a bit and provide yes. a bit of perspective, breaking up the normal rhythm. So, um, and uh, there's something interesting too, at whenever we both end up thinking of the same thing, like we, you know, we might not even say anything about it until like mid afternoon. It's like, Hey, I had an idea about this. Like we tend to think about the same idea in the same location. I'm like we should pay attention to this nudge, hmm. you know, to like take some time and set, set aside time for a date night. So that's what we did. And it was very refreshing. Oh, I really love midweek date nights or date days, they really do kind of just bring this, um, just a nice little break to the week. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it helps the weekend come a little bit faster. <laughs> um, so my thorn this week was being subjected to the fullest subway ride that I think I've ever been on. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I was unlucky enough to be on the subway during the morning rush hour And let me just say, it was no joke. I was absolutely stuffed into this car. And of course, everyone right now is um, wearing their big, big puffy jackets. So it's just even worse for this to happen during the winter. 
And I genuinely felt at a few moments that I might be squeezed to death. So not a fun experience, not something that I'm looking to repeat, but my rose this week was a fun and very peaceful Valentine's Day with my husband. Lovely. And we decided to stay in and, um, but we still wanted to do something to make it special. So I made, I had never made this before. I made this creamy risotto with um, cherry tomatoes and spinach. And I topped it with some Parmesan and pepper flakes. And then I also made this crispy breaded chicken. It was so fun, so fancy, very special for us. And later on, we wanted to do something fun and different. And so we played a video game together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Nathan is a a deep, deep lover of video games, and I have begun to love video games more and more (laughs) with him and watching him play them. Um, But it was a story game that has all of these different characters that you play throughout. And of course, I played all the girls. He plays all the guys. And um, it's a game that with every different choice that you make, the story goes differently. Mm. So I always really love playing those games. I, I just find it so much fun to quickly think through all of my choices and all the different ways it could go. So that was my rose this week. Fascinating. All right. A couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It's very, very helpful to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might get something from it and enjoy it and make sure to share with a friend. Lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Or if you are on the Wallflower Journal website, you can go to the podcast tab and submit your letter there. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, let's move on to our letter for today, which I think many millennials and probably Gen Zers will identify with. And it covers a subject of feeling like you are behind in life and struggling to find a way forward. Dear Wallflower, I've been struggling a lot lately with comparison. I'm in my mid-20s and I have a lot of big dreams. I always have. But I feel like no matter what, nothing in my life really works out. I'm living with my parents. I haven't found a guy. I'm questioning if I'm really cut out for what I studied in college. I don't have a savings. Instead, I'm in debt. I just feel like the entire world is ahead of me and like I'm stuck, frozen in time. I can't help but scroll through social media and get jealous seeing everyone I used to know getting engaged or moving to exciting cities or having babies or buying a house. I just feel stuck and like nothing will ever change and like I'm wasting my life. How do I start to find a way forward and stop feeling like such a loser? Signed, Left Behind. Jessica, what are your thoughts for Left Behind? Well, comparison. It's the worst, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Really, it's a terrible thing and it can be so destructive. Um, It destroys relationships. It destroys how we feel about ourselves. Uh, We need to kick it to the curb where it belongs. Um, I can say for myself, I can definitely identify with these feelings. I also feel stuck a lot of the time. 
I think any of us can, even when we might be the people that other people are comparing themselves against. Mm. I, I think it's helpful that we begin with that realization. Um, don't imagine that those you compare yourself against don't feel this way themselves at other times as um, too. So I think that we all can struggle with, with comparison and feeling somehow left out or left behind. Also, I'll unapologetically say here at the top that the social climate in which we live is doing us no favors. Mm. Our, our phones and our web browsers are exploding with messages and photos telling us that we're not blank enough or that we need to have this or that or be this or that. Yes. I'd like to spend some time at, at the front here ta um, taking a sort of reality check of what our friend has stated. We can begin to determine what's really that bad versus what's not not all that bad. And I hope to provide some hope and perspective for her along the way. Hmm. So let's start with the point of living with her parents. While not ideal, this is not the end of the world. Obviously, I don't know how long this has been the case, nor do I know what her relationship with her parents is like. But as much as any of us don't want to have to do this, sometimes it is a helpful and even necessary midpoint. Mm -hmm. And full disclosure, my husband and I lived with my in-laws for a season. We too were in our mid, well, actually probably our late 20s and had already been married for several years. Mm -hmm. So talk, talk about feeling like a step backward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a season and we are both grateful for that gift that helped us out. And we're also grateful to have moved on. So I can definitely understand the tension here. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's not ideal. But at the same time, it's not the end of the world. Um, as for not having found a guy, this can be particularly painful, especially since it sounds like many of her friends and connections have found partners, gotten married, and may mm -hmm. even have children by now. That being said, however, I want to offer her hope. Instead of focusing on what you don't have, that is a romantic relationship, focus on what you do have or could have. So your friendships with other women groups in your community that you might be a part of. So maybe a Bible study or a book club or something else. Um, as Kelia has mentioned before in previous episodes, you can also choose to put yourself in places where you might be more likely to find the sorts of guys that you'd be interested in dating. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, also be sure to focus on just being the person that you want to be. Don't wait for a guy. Live your life now. And I believe that if you're meant to be with someone, that God will bring him along in the right way and the right timing. That's such a good point. I, you shouldn't live going, this is lacking, this is lacking, this mm -hmm. is lacking, like all the time. I, I understand, you know, feeling like something isn't working out, but eventually you have to go, okay, what do I have? What do I have to work with? And exactly. what, what am I going to do next? That's such a good point. Right. Being an active agent as opposed to some, like a passive kind of mm -hmm. just wait, like waiting for something to happen to you, you know? Yeah. And I will also add, I do have some terrific women friends who are single and some who have gotten married a bit later in life. So maybe in their late twenties or their thirties and even beyond that. So don't let some idea of what is quote normal, um, for a timeline don't um, discourage you. So don't let this issue keep you from living into your life here and now, as we were just saying. Next, on to the point of questioning whether or not she is cut out for what she studied. Mm. This is a tricky one. I think it's so important to be honest with ourselves about our capabilities, what is realistic, and so forth. 
she may be raising a valid question that needs to be honestly considered. However, the killer combination of comparison and what is like um, commonly referred to as the imposter syndrome can make us unjustifiably feel not cut out for something that even when we actually may have a fair chance of success at it. This may take some work to get proper perspective and consider asking trusted others to be a part of that with you. Mm. Um, but the, the aim here is to get a sober, realistic idea of what you can or cannot do. And don't let comparison or fear of failure be the deciding factors. Mm. If you haven't yet listened to our last episode, episode 20, um, about whether to pursue your dream, just know that there are some helpful steps there that I suggest that might be of interest to you in, in this discernment process. You may discover that you actually can pursue something related to what you've studied, even if it's more tangentially related. If, however, you come to the conclusion that you truly aren't cut out for it, what else interests you that you could pursue? And mm -hmm. I don't necessarily mean trying to chase what you're, quote, passionate about. Um, consider what transferable skills you have that could help you land a job. Consider looking for a company or an industry that you would want to work for and and more than necessarily just the actual job, like think about the company culture, you know, the industry itself. And once you get experience in one of those realms or arenas, you, you may have the opportunity to move up into a different kind of a role that might be somewhere that you'd want to see yourself longer term. So be, be aware that you might have to um, work your way up and that's okay. Yes. Be willing to pay your dues. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um. And while you may feel stuck compared to others, and trust me, as someone who has been in school nearly my entire life, I understand this feeling, <laughs> um, you're only in your mid-20s. You have so much potential for exploration and growth. This is just the beginning. As for her financial situation, she admits that she has no savings and is in debt. Hmm. This is a heavy matter. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Being in debt is no small thing, and I cannot, I cannot overstate how valuable it is to be aware of how your debt is, one, growing, and two, affecting both your present and your potential future. Debt needs to be taken seriously. One of the gifts of our friend's situation of living with her parents is that hopefully she is able to save money on rent. And even if her parents are asking her to contribute something financially, it's likely that she isn't paying as much as she would need to in order to rent a place of her own. I don't know how much debt she has accrued, but I would advise her to make a plan. Mm -hmm. How much does she owe? How much is she earning at her current job? Or as she seeks jobs in a certain pay range, how much could she reasonably expect to be earning soon? Again, um, or part of that, sorry, make a budget. Um, put as much as you can afford toward your debt. Don't just pay the minimum, pay more. Basically find <laughs> out how soon you can pay off your debt while maintaining the minimum of your other expenses. As important as developing some savings may seem and may be truly in, in reality, I would prioritize getting out of debt. I'm certainly feel free to build up a small amount of savings as an emergency fund. This is a wise thing, you know, something like $1,000 set aside um, but oh. once you have that, you know, attack, and I mean attack that debt, the longer it sits, the more it will grow. Okay, so reality check completed. I'll finish by addressing our writer's main question, which is this. How do I start to find a way forward and stop feeling like such a loser? Mm. First thing, know that you are not a loser. I recognize that it's difficult, 
even incredibly painful to feel behind and stuck. There are certain realities that simply do create a sort of disparity between your experiences and the experiences that some of your friends or connections have. However, these milestones and their timing do not define you. Mm-hmm. You are a person with a mind, a heart, with dreams, with character. There is so much more to you than where you live. If you happen to be a romantic relationship, what you do for work and whether or not it was related to your college degree and so forth, what you choose to do with respect to your circumstances will have a big say in who you are. So if you're choosing to wallow in self-pity, that Mm. says a lot about the kind of person you're choosing to become. Mm. On the other hand, if you choose to take the hand you've been given um, and see what you can make of it with a mixture of gritty responsibility Hopeful, imaginative creativity and some open-handed trust, you are becoming a strong, honorable woman indeed. Second, get off of social media. (laughs) And I am completely serious. If comparison is like being a shopaholic, social media is like the Mall of America. Yeah. You have to get yourself away from the stimulus. I once heard a woman who lives off the grid in a tiny house in rural Wyoming. Okay, picture that. I heard her say that when she visits large stores like Bed Bath & Beyond from time to time, she finds herself wanting all these kinds of things that she didn't even know existed. Yeah. Just because she sees them. She had been content, even delighted with what she already had. But because the stimulus is there, it causes her to want something just because it's in front of her. So if you want to fight comparison, you have to remove the stimuli that foster comparison the most. Third, I would say make a plan. It's time to take stock of what you need to do, what you want to do, and what you can do. Mm-hmm. Be honest about your circumstances. As we just discussed, what jobs are you capable of? What would you reasonably be able to do with at least contentment and may grow into enjoying? Sometimes you just have to work a job to, quote, pay the bills and get out of debt. And that's understandable. But see if you can find something that is at least somewhat related to a path you could see yourself enjoying in the longer term. Hmm. Consider mapping out on a piece of paper the things you need to do and want to do, and then assessing what you can reasonably achieve, how, and so forth. Don't forget to prioritize setting aside time for rest and play. Making space for delight can go a long, long way. Mm, and don't, don't forget I like to that. <laughs> yeah. Make I think space this, for delight. Sometimes we forget that, you know, it's like all about, you know, we, especially when we're focusing on something like working hard to pay off debt or to get ourselves oh. into some kind of next stage of life that we're hoping to get to, we can feel like we're just trying to get through it instead of realizing like, oh, I'm, I'm, I am still living my life, you know, and there, there are ways yeah. to find joy in the little things. That's true. You're still living your life. Even if you haven't gotten where you're wanting to go, your life is still happening right Mm -hmm. now, you know? And I also just love the word delight. It's just such a (laughs) delightful word. (laughs) It sure is. I completely agree. Um, And as in terms of like, as you're making a plan, I would say seek wise counsel, like along Mm -hmm. the, the, the process of doing that, you know, talk with people who know you well, with people who wisely walked the path before you, how did they get into their line of work that they now enjoy? You know, some, a lot of people have stories of like, I didn't imagine I'd be doing this, but I like it a lot more than I would have thought, or I didn't even know this job existed, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, how, how did they end up paying off their debt or how did they end up meeting their good friends or their spouse, et cetera. And then fourth and finally, I'll say take action and find meaning in it. Mm. 
I think one of the most surefire ways to fight comparison and find our ways forward is to choose to live our lives each and every day. A huge part of that is finding meaning in just in our ordinary every day. And I'm going to say it again, get off of social media, (laughs) stop looking at the lives of others and pay attention to yours. What brings you joy and delight, right? (laughs) What are the little things that you have the agency to choose and the activities that will give your life meaning each and every day? Consider the power of things like faith, music, community and friendships, reading for fun, getting out in nature, seeing your work in a job as something that contributes to a greater whole Hmm. rather than, yeah, rather than asking yourself why you feel stuck. Instead, ask what you can do to find purpose and meaning today. Once you answer that question, go and do it. So to get unstuck and take steps forward, tune out the comparison tempting input, make a rough plan, find meaning, and live in active purpose and gratitude, and you will stop feeling like the loser that you never even were in the first place. (laughs) Oh, all such good points. Amazing advice. My heart really, really goes out to a writer. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly painful feeling to feel like we are simply just surviving through another day, um, not making any kind of headway on creating the life that we really want to be living. And what I can immediately say to ease our writer's mind at least a little bit is that this is a really, really, really common feeling for um, people in their 20s and their 30s, especially today. In 2021, the average debt balance for millennials was over $100,000. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. At least that's what Google says. <laughs> I, you know, so that's... pray it's wrong, but oh my goodness. I, I want it to be wrong. Sadly, it probably isn't. <sighs> um, so that's so discouraging. And the cost of living and housing just continues to rise. And that really makes it difficult to save any kind of, you know, life-changing amount of money. And many millennials are less wealthy than their parents were at the same age. And it's not because they like to eat avocado toast. (laughs) (laughs) Although don't get avocado toast every day, but (laughs) make it home. Um, but many millennials are living with their parents as well, especially after COVID wiped out a lot of their savings. And because of this, millennials are often referred to as the unluckiest generation in modern history, which I think says a lot when things like the Great Depression and World War II were not that long ago. Wow. First, I want to tell our writer... <laughs> I'm going to say it just exactly what Jessica just said, but I'm going to tell you too. So now you really have to Um, (laughs) get off of social media. Okay. (laughs) I know this seems like a tall order. I get it because I, you know, am very also much on social media. Um, We were raised with constant access to Instagram and Facebook. And now TikTok's star is rising and part of our everyday for many of us is checking our social media and scrolling. But I think aside from the issues of feeling left behind, this is what's really affecting our writer's life. The reality is social media is not real. Mm. 
nothing we see is without careful curation, editing, and total authenticity. That's just not the nature of social media. And using social media as a barometer for what our own life ought to look like or measuring something real against something that isn't real will only cause us frustration. That is such a good point. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw there's this, there was this YouTube video years ago with I think it was a I think it was put out by by the company Dove, like the soap. Okay. It was basically showing like the process of how like a a person, a model got from no no makeup to like the cover of a magazine mm-hmm. and you wouldn't even like <laughs> think it was the same person so no. like if that you know it's like that's that's the analogy that's coming to mind for me it's like yes we cannot measure reality against not reality all, all of the curation <laughs> that is such yes. a good point yeah we are dropping in to you look at a highlight moment of someone else's life everyone says it's right the highlight reel Of course, they're going to share that, but we're dropping in to look at that highlight moment without seeing anything else and wondering why ours doesn't always look like that. So our writer's constant comparison of her life to other people's lives, people that she used to know, might be what's causing her to look at the state of her own life and rather than decide to do something different or change something, simply become depressed and despondent. Hmm. So that's just my first suggestion. Just please get off social media, um, you know, set timers that will keep you from doom scrolling for hours or take a month break or maybe longer at the risk of sounding like an insta-spirational quote. Stop expecting your day-to-day to look like everyone else's highlight reel. Hmm. Next, I want to talk about our writer's feeling of being frozen in time despite having big dreams. I'll speak from some personal experience here. The times when I have felt the most frozen in time, the furthest away from moving forward on my goals is when I was sort of stumbling around, coasting, spending more of my time daydreaming and wondering and wishing than actually having some kind of plan of action. It's easy, I think, to get lost in the what could be's especially when we feel like our current life just doesn't measure up to what we wish it did. We just want to escape and live in our dreamland instead. But this will cause you to drift further and further from your aspirations because you'll get the momentary um, satisfaction of feeling it could come true in your mind without or feeling it come true in your mind, I mean, without taking actual steps to realize this dream in the world. So just as Jessica said, you know, your life is still happening right now. (laughs) It's not just in the future that you have to think Mm -hmm. about. It's present as well. Um, To give an example, I think we can all understand this is similar to the person who goes to an acting class for a decade feeling like they're really doing the work and really doing something by performing a scene every week. And in the meantime, they haven't been in an audition. They haven't made any kind of actual headway in their career. They haven't made connections, but they feel like they've done something. Hmm. So while I writer didn't um, disclose what her dreams were and didn't name the major from college that she's now rethinking. I think it is essential for her to think about the little decisions that she's making every single day 
and ask herself whether these decisions are truly serving her and adding up to the life she wants to lead. Because our everyday choices feel small, but they add up to a lifetime of decisions. So how can our writer practically do this? I think if she's not already, it could be helpful for her to make a to-do list, maybe with timestamps. This way she won't find that she spent all day on an unfulfilling task and have no energy for anything else that she might want to do. Decide beforehand how much you want to spend, how much time you want to spend on each task. Knowing there's a ticking clock might actually help her to work more efficiently. She can also begin to brainstorm the next steps that will get her closer to her ultimate goal, whatever it may be. Think about the everyday, but also the next week or the next few months or even a year into the future. What will you need to focus on most and make part of your daily rhythms in order to get closer to that goal. Another thing that I think might be helpful as a writer is looking to get her life on track is to not neglect the little things. Hmm. And what I mean is clean your living space, make your bed, shower, get dressed, maybe even put on makeup. This will put her in a mindset of doing rather than simply surviving another day. Hmm. I think these, um, I think things as seemingly as innocuous as, you know, lounging around in dirty sweats or leaving dirty dishes in the sink, while understandable, can create in us this sense of disorder. And when we feel messy ourselves, we won't be motivated to do anything to change any of the messes in our life. Going back a little bit to money talk. Um, Jessica gave you a great reality check with the importance of paying down debt. And I did say right now, or I did say earlier that right now, saving money is very, very, very difficult for millennials. And while some of that is out of our control, you know, we can't control how much eggs cost, right? Um, I do want to encourage our writer. They're so expensive right now. (laughs) Um, I do want to encourage our writer to think about, um, ways she can begin to save even just a little bit. So make a list of what your weekly spending looks like. This is not fun. Okay. It's in fact, maybe even a little bit scary (laughs) because you'll go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm spending that much on this. Um, divide your spending into lists of necessities like groceries or gas, gas, and a fun spending like clothes or Starbucks or a random product that you saw on TikTok that you want to try out. Try as best as you can to cut down on the fun spending. Going out to lunch with a friend might seem like a small expense, but a few $20 lunches over the course of a few weeks really begin to add up. When I moved out, and I was um, of my parents' house, I mean, and I was paying rent for the and for everything else for the first time in my life. I found that I had to really cut down on. I used to get fast food. I used to um, get my nails done. I stopped getting my nails done. I had to start being really frugal. So think about what you might be spending on that you don't need to spend on. Also, just a quick last note on money. Try to start investing if you haven't already. 
I know that's a scary word for many millennials and Gen Zs because we don't understand. And if I'm being honest, I don't know that much about investing, but my husband does. So just, you know, find someone that knows more about investing if you don't. Um, But, you know, every so often my husband will tell me, hey, go put X amount into this stock. And we've been doing that for a few years together and it takes time. But even if our writer can put in $100 a month, into stocks, this will end up really benefiting her in the long run. And that's what I think she needs to start thinking about her life in the long run. And what I most want to encourage our writer to do is to get rid of the nothing in my life works out talk. Hmm. Our inner monologue and our self-talk is way more powerful than we might realize. Our thoughts have the power to influence our feelings. And saying things like nothing works out for me is allowing our feelings to inform and rule over our thoughts rather than taking our thoughts captive. It's good to acknowledge our feelings, but we have to treat them as exactly what they are, feelings, not facts. I once heard the analogy, sorry to interrupt, but I, thought the, I always think of the analogy of feelings like lights on a dashboard. It's, it's, a, it's a sign that we need to pay attention to something, but it may mm-hmm. not be exactly what we think, or we, we may not know based on the light that's flashing exactly what it is, or it could be malfunctioning yeah. in some way. So it's so important, like you're saying, not to let feelings drive, but to no. just see them as something to pay attention to. And then actively choose how to respond. Exactly. Actively choose how to, how to respond. Don't simply respond without thinking through it first, you know? It's going, okay, I'm feeling this. That's interesting. Why am I feeling like that? Okay, well, what can I do about that? Mm. Um, so instead of um, allowing, you know, her, her feelings to influence um, how she lives, instead I want to encourage her to talk back to those um, thoughts and those feelings and perhaps tell herself something along the lines of, this is an adventure. I'm excited to try. I'm excited to challenge myself. Mm. Maybe this won't work out this time, but I will be that much closer to accomplishing it or accomplishing anything by simply trying. Um, Speaking from personal experience, when I, you know, go into auditions if I go in going, this is a waste of time. I'm not going to get this. Why am I even here? I'm going to give a bad performance. That's how I used to always walk in. <laughs> um, and then when I started going, or if I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm shaking. I would become even more nervous as I fed those nervous thoughts. And what I started telling myself instead was, this is exciting. I am excited. I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to Mm -hmm. show these people this thing that I've been working on. And then they started going a lot better. So that was just a side note. Um, Lastly, I want to wrap all this up by assuring our writer that there is hope for the future. She can move forward by changing her perspective on the small decisions she's making every day by thinking through not only where she eventually wants to end up, but the next steps that are required to get her there. And by choosing to let her thoughts influence her feelings rather than the other way around. 
All right. So it is time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really, really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? I would like to suggest a Spotify playlist called Reading Adventure. So it's for more than just accompanying your reading. <laughs> I'd be like, I like the terminology. It just kind of feels like you should read it when you read or listen to it when you're reading a novel or something. But I've been working to it, like doing my writing and editing or even just some of my work um, during the day at my other job. But um, do you ever get that feeling that a song like makes you feel brave? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's like the playlist, like mm. that's how it makes you feel. So, um, if that's you listener, you know, if you like that kind of music, <laughs> check out the reading adventures of my playlist. It's a lot oh, of fun. I love that. I love that. I am definitely someone that as I work and sometimes as I read, it depends on what I'm reading. Um, I really need like a, a soundtrack mm. I to kind of make me feel like I'm maybe a character in a movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yes, that, that's a great suggestion. Um, this week I am suggesting a book called The Midnight Library. Before I get into it, fair warning, it is best for adult readers. There are some heavy themes and there might be a little bit of language. I don't quite remember. But ultimately, I found it to be a really, really powerful read. So It's about a woman who, in the very first chapter, I think, um, decides that she's just fed up with life. It didn't go where she wanted to go. She's going to end her life. And upon attempting to do so, she finds herself in this library where every book tells the story of a different life she could have led had she made a different choice somewhere along the way. So... If she had chosen to stick with swimming or if she had chosen to move somewhere or date someone, it explores what her life would have looked like. And so she gets to try on a bunch of different lives for size and like actually like live them. And um, I don't want to give anything away, uh, but the message towards the end of the book is all about stopping with the what ifs Mm. and instead accepting your life currently where it is with the choices that you made that you can't go back and change and deciding to take hold of it. And it's about seeing yourself essentially as both the writer of your story and the protagonist of your story. So I found it to be a really, really convicting book as someone who easily falls into bouts of, um, you know, what if I had done that instead or feeling regret about past choices. So Anyone who also struggles with that, I suggest you to pick it up if you are over 18. <laughs> All right. So to wrap up this just, uh, this episode, Jessica, not to wrap up the Jessica, <laughs> <laughs> to wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com and on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, please check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. 
If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.